1: Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual feels like an escape. Start with nutrient-infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula, infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp, helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then, open your jar of seaweed-whipped scalp scrub to add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use Seaweed Air Dry Cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com.
2: Being a professional paranormal investigator and ghost tour guide sounds like an amazing job, but does it come with risks? Because this is the type of job where you don't want to take your work home with you, no matter how badly your ghostly co-workers want to follow you back to your house. Today, we speak with ghost tour guide and lead investigator Diane, who works at both the Crescent Hotel and Basin Park Hotel in Haunted Eureka Springs. She's had quite a few encounters, both on-the-clock and off-the-clock, and she's sharing them all today on Homespun Haints. Hello, Hainted Loves. Welcome to Homespun Haints. I'm Becky. I'm Diana. And today on the show, we are going to interview the lead investigator, of the Haunted Basin Park Hotel. You heard Mm -hmm. us recording from the hotel last week when Diana had evacuated (laughs) the terrors (laughs) of Tulsa to hide out in a haunted hotel. And of course she chose... The Basin Park. And while she was there, she spoke to the lead investigator, Diane, who had so many stories about the hotel and the Crescent and about Eureka Springs. In general, we're going to have her on here in a few minutes to tell us some of the history and some of the ghosts that you, too, can encounter should you venture to Eureka Springs. So, Diana. Becky. You were just there. I was just there. Just right there in Eureka Springs. Beautiful place. Was it as haunted as you thought it would be?
3: Literally every square inch of Eureka Springs is haunted. There's no part of it that's not haunted. I want to say that the haunted tourism is more or less pretty limited to the hotels and the ghost walking tour. However, this is about to change because a store has just opened up there on Main Street called the ghost mercantile. I think it's on Main Street. I'm not a hundred percent sure on. Don't, don't double check me on that. Dude. Just go. It, there's only like four blocks to Eureka Springs. It's very small. So you'll find it, but we've got a ghost mercantile now owned by local people who are involved with the haunted hotels. So Ooh. I am super stoked to see how they developed. They were just opening their doors for like one of the first times when I showed up and I bought a sticker mm. there as a souvenir, but. I think they're going to get even more ghostly as time passes. They're right across the street from the Working Bunnies store. So wait, you should what? know where to find them if you've been to Eureka Springs, the Working Bunnies store.
2: What's the Working Bunnies?
3: Oh, it's a store with, it's just a tourist shop with touristy tchotchkes, but they have rabbits. They have pet rabbits that are part of the family that they have trained to take your credit card and then hand you your credit card back and then hand you your receipt and then hand you wait, a pen design with wait, it.
2: Wait, wait, wait. The bunnies take your credit card? Yes. Uh, they're hard-working bunnies. They don't have opposable thumbs. How do they... Seriously? The bunnies You're take got the... got cre- teeth. The bunnies take the credit card with the teeth? You betcha. Please tell me you have a video of this. Oh, I wish I had
3: a video. No, it had all happened too fast. There was a line. I don't know if I'm even allowed to record the bunnies, but you could definitely... I'm, I'm sure that they're on social media. And if not, you should go down that street anyway, because you can visit so many cool touristy places. On that street from a charcuterie shop to what is going to be an oddity shop opening very shortly.
2: This is all great, but I am still trying to wrap my head around these <laughs> damn
3: bunnies. Okay, so. Yes, yeah, so now my credit card has bunny spit on it, and the <laughs> gift bag that I got for Amber's mom has a bunny tooth mark in the corner of the paper sack. So
2: the, the bunnies actually. Take your credit card. Do they swipe it through the machine? No, they hand it to the
3: owners of the store's daughter and she swipes it in the machine.
2: Okay. And then the bunny hands you the bag with their little teeth. Hands you the bag, hands you your credit card, or hands you your receipt. you the bag, I guess. To- yeah,
3: yeah. I guess they cannot hand. That's a good point. I'm sorry. I used the wrong verb. It's not to hand if you don't have a hand. It's to orally deliver. <laughs> orally deliver.
2: That's not sexual. Well, they are
3: bunnies. I don't know. If you've ever played fetch with a dog, it's not sexual at all. <laughs> 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 the working bunnies, they've been a thing for years and years and years. But right now, they had two bunnies currently in the store. And one of them was an adorable, fluffy, gray and white lop. And she just sat calmly on the counter, handing credit cards out like, this is just my job. I'm just hanging out. I'm just a rabbit. You can pet me,
2: whatever. I'm fluffy. Do, do Do the bunnies get paid? Yes, they have a tip jar. Just like most service industry staff, they work for tips. Is there an hourly wage? No, they work for tips. Have they unionized? There's only two of them as far as I know. Well, two makes a crowd? I gotta know more about the bunnies. Well, I'm trying to tell you,
3: Becky. So the working one, the one that was working hard, who gave us our purchase, she was the calm one. She obviously is like the neurotypical bunny. And then there was the other bunny. And the other bunny looked like the creepiest version of the March Hare that you've ever seen from (laughs) Alice in Wonderland. It was a huge white bunny. And it might be distorted by the fact that the owner of the store is quite petite. But she picks up this rabbit. And this rabbit is easily as long as her head to waist. Uh Probably longer if it's stretched out. Huge bunny with these wild, wild eyes. And this wild hair sticking up all over the place, kind of like Amber's dog's hair Mm -hmm. and my hair combined. (laughs) Just tufts of hair shooting out every single direction and its eyes are just rolling around looking around the store and it looks like it's going (laughs) to kick this shit out of the owner. And oh, man, it was a tough bunny. I'm kind of glad that one didn't get a hold of my credit card. I don't know if you would have gone across the street and spent it on charcuterie. (laughs)
2: bought a motorcycle and driven out of
3: dodge right he was late he was obviously late for an important date (laughs) no wait that's the white rabbit these bunnies you said they've been there for years what is the lifespan Um, of a bunny so that I'm not sure about Lagomorph lifespans. I think there's a difference depending on the breed and the type and the size of the bunny. And of course, there's a huge difference based on whether it's a wild bunny or a pet bunny, because pet bunnies have a much cushier life. Okay, but these weren't like 50-year-old bunnies. No, 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 no. There's been a bunny working at the store, but just like most employees, there's some turnover.
2: All right. So what do they do with the dead bunnies? Do they know there's an oddity shop opening down the street i'm sure there's a taxidermist that would love to get their hands
3: maybe that's why there's an oddities shop
2: i'm sorry i'm getting really morbid <laughs>
3: <laughs> you never oh. know yeah it's there soon.
2: has any of the charcuterie tasted particularly gamey <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i'm going to hell <laughs> I mean, you're
3: right. They're the perfect employee. They're silent. And uh, when you get tired of them, instead of firing them, you just eat them. Yep. That's a good point. It's a good point. That's true. Uh, That's
2: true. And you said there's a ghost shop across the place. Do they have ghost bunnies?
3: Oh, of course. I'm sure they are. Okay. You don't notice them because they're so quiet.
2: Except when they scream. Have mm. you ever heard a bunny <clears throat> scream?
3: No, but I was very convinced I was about to when that shop owner picked up that big crazy march hair. <laughs> ah! <laughs> that bunny sure looked like he wanted to scream at me. Whew, frightening guy. Wow. Mm.
2: Okay. Sorry. I got really dark there, as I'm wont to do. <laughs> Welcome
3: to our show. If this is your first time listening, enjoy the charcuterie.
2: Ooh. Well, I really want to look this up on Instagram. Despite my morbid jokes, I do actually dislike bunnies, <laughs> but I would let one take my credit card. As long as I don't have to scoop its poop, I will enjoy them from afar. They are fuzzy and cute. That's and actually a mistake to scoop your rabbit's poop. You
3: should always let it eat its own poop. It could die if you don't.
2: God, now I like them even less.
3: All right. right, let's. <laughs> <laughs> Every pet seems glamorous until you actually have to take care of the poop oh. part. I
2: know.
4: Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, well, exactly.
3: that's no better than a cat.
2: I am sorry to all you bunny owners out there that if I offended you. That's just what I do. (laughs) That's what we're here for. (laughs) Well, so Diana, not only did we put out that episode last week of you in the haunted hotel, but we also recorded some extra bits that appeared on our Patreon from you being in the hotel where you corroborated all of the signs that I was able to give you about staying in a haunted hotel. So if you think that that episode last week was spooky, Go check out the one on our Patreon or on Apple Premium, which is even spookier because Diana didn't realize just how haunted she was until I started pointing out these things. And it was like, oh, yeah, Neil might hear this. You might smell that. She's like, oh, "Oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah, that happened. (laughs) The dreams. The dreams were so vivid. Please check it out. You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash homespunhaints. On Patreon, you can get all of our episodes ad free with additional bonus content. And depending on the tier, you might get some swag too please check that out and if you're not a member of our patreon
5: enjoy this commercial
0: how powerful is cox internet so powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard get gig speeds powered by fiber from cox it's internet built for tomorrow today Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.
2: Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. So thirsty. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond its threshold?
5: On September 24th, 2023, we will unveil the shadows together via livestream as we open the sealed passageway, slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge. And we want you to be there with us. Virtually, of course. This may be dangerous. We don't have liability insurance. Oh, my eye!
2: But what will we find? Is this passageway a sealed tomb? A hideaway for treasure? A portal into another dimension? Maybe it's aliens.
5: Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long
2: as there's darkness to explore,
5: we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown. That is Diana's Diana's Basement.
2: (laughs) Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement. Today on the show, we are so thrilled to bring on Diane Newcomb. She is the lead investigator at the Haunted Basin Park Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, Recently, y'all heard of Diana's adventures at this hotel. And we are so thrilled to bring on one of the paranormal investigators that regularly works and sees things at the hotel. And she is coming at you from one of the haunted hotel rooms. So Diane, thank you so much for being here
4: today with us. Thanks for having me. This is great. You're a paranormal investigator with the hotel. Is that correct? The Basin Park Hotel, downtown Eureka Springs, as well as the Crescent Hotel up on the mountain. Well, that makes sense. They're both incredibly haunted.
2: Mm -hmm. And I understand that you and Diana connected while she was in town last week, and you told her that you have seen and heard quite a few things there
4: right i've encountered a lot of people that have also had encounters and i've collected photographs and stories and i've got to be a part of many investigations for several years in both hotels how long have you been doing this Here at the Basin for three and a half years.
3: And when did they start allowing this? Because I know they were trying to kind of cover up the hauntings before.
4: Around 20 years ago, I'd say ghost tours started becoming a thing. And I'm not sure when they started it here. They were doing it at the Crescent before they ever did it here. Everyone knew there were hauntings, but yeah, in the past, hauntings were not good for business in a hotel, so nobody talked about it, but nowadays it's quite popular, and even though they build the hotel as a historic property, it's not all over their front page website as a haunted hotel so a lot of the guests who book here don't necessarily know about the hauntings which i think is very interesting because they end up having stories to tell us and they're <laughs> so surprised by it <laughs> i'm so enmeshed in this hauntosphere
3: sphere that it's so bizarre to me that anybody could miss that <laughs> exactly yeah
4: but that's Part of the entertainment factor for me, anyway, is that there's people (laughs) coming to both these hotels all the time who know nothing about the ghosts. And they're the ones who end up having the reports and the hauntings that we're thrilled to get because we know it's not someone that's just trying to add to the crazy. (laughs) Right, right.
2: Diana has told me that the whole hotel is haunted, but the third floor is especially haunted. Right. Third floor
4: has quite a bit more going on. So what are
2: some of the things that people experience on the third floor? Are you tired of websites that have been Frankenstein together?
3: Oh, my website is so slow and creaky.
2: Every time I use the search bar, it just returns Abby normal over and over again. Becky's sister company, The
3: Concept Spot, holds the secret to life itself and can create new life from nothing. In fact, we've been giving life to highly functional websites for the last 25 years using
5: premium parts we swear we didn't salvage from graveyards.
2: Oh, check out that head. Image. instead of going Aah! my new website purrs
3: need a blog the concept spot can do that want an online store we can do that to you we build
2: our sites from the cellular level no reused templates or discarded body parts here so we can make your site do whatever you want and look however you want <gasps>
5: it's gorgeous
2: i can't even see the stitches we can also resurrect your dead website if rigor mortis has set in oh it's like a new man if you think homespun haints is frighteningly genius you should. See our websites. Let your favorite ghoulish gals, Becky and Diana, build you a monstrous website that will wreak havoc on the internet for years to come. Visit theconceptspot.com for more information.
0: It's LIVE! It's LIVE!
4: Well, on the south wing, primarily, it's been cowboys for years. The housekeepers see them walking through the walls. Guests have also mentioned that. But there's a few women as well. I've got one reported seen in room 308. And also, we have a picture of one in the balcony door at the end of the hall. There's also a child, a little girl. We we got a picture of her recently in room 310 and in the hallway. That's an older picture, but I believe it's the same girl. There's two rooms I've heard recently people felt touched in. Well, Diana, you had something touch you and you
2: were on the fifth floor. Something was rubbing the back of your neck while you were trying to take a shower too. It was breathing
3: on me.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, in
3: the shower? I had a cold wind coming in the shower. What room was that? That was 506. And the door was shut and the air conditioner was not running at the time. There's no fan. There's no vent or anything in the bathroom. It's old school.
4: Yeah, the fifth floor has some haunting going on. We usually skip it on the tour, however. And I tell people what I know about the whistler up there. And there was a woman. And then there's a cowboy. We have a photo of him down on the hallway. There's hauntings just kind of randomly everywhere. The third floor is a very interesting part of it.
2: So why so
4: many spirits on the third floor? The Cowboys are from a hotel that was here before this one. And it was only a four-story, I believe, building. I don't know exactly how it was laid out and exactly where, but obviously that south wing is where it was.
3: Four-story building and the current Basin Park is labeled European style. So the third floor is actually the fourth story because the lobby is the first and then the first, second, third floor.
4: Right. But it's the south wing, and that Perry House was down there closer to the park in that area. Okay. So the other end doesn't have as many Perry House ghosts. However, on the fourth floor, it's a bunch of women that we encounter. And I don't know if they're Perry House ghosts specifically, but I always say when they walk through the walls, they're most likely the Perry House ghosts because they're walking through the Perry House, not this hotel. That's what people say they they see them. On the fourth floor is women walking through the walls. So did the Perry house burn down? Were there people inside of it? It burned, but nobody died in it, apparently. There's newspaper clippings that have survived that say nobody died. But we do have some hauntings here relating to a fire. People have heard people yelling fire. They've smelled smoke. I've heard about a ghost that's been seen that looks like they were burned. But Eureka had a lot of fires. There were three or four, I think, major fires in this town that burned most of the original structures because they were all just side by side. Uh huh. And they were wood. wood. So, what have you seen personally? One time I did think I saw a figure, but it wasn't straight on sight. You know, I was like peripheral and just a split second, so I didn't register as confirmed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I opened a door up there where I keep my little suitcase full of goodies. It's kind of a creepy little room. I hit somebody, bonked them, opening the door one night. And then a few nights later, I had to go in there behind that door on a shelf. And while I was in there, the other little door to the dumbwaiter shaft that I opened, it closed all by itself. And it never closes by itself. It stays open and air is coming up from that dumbwaiter. So I thought that had to be paranormal.
2: That's creepy.
4: It happened while I was standing there
2: (laughs) goodness,
3: with my back to it. So that room that you're describing, that was the one right over my room, 506. Oh, yeah. And at 3.15 a.m. on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and at 4.45 a.m. on Thursday morning, I heard the sound of somebody scooting heavy furniture across the floor coming from that room above my bed. Yeah, there wouldn't have been people up there. I wouldn't think so. And I checked the ice machine that's above there. So I would have expected like clunking noises in the men's room. Yeah. But it wasn't flushing. It wasn't clunking. It was very much, you know, heavy furniture scooching. Twice in a row. Didn't happen the third night. Mm, Creepy. (laughs) I wanted to go up and check it out, but it was locked. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> probably wisely so because I would have been wandering around with my
2: EMF meter looking in the men's room.
4: <laughs> yeah. They keep the top floor locked, but I do hear people all the time saying they hear things up there.
2: So when you said that you were opening the door and you open it into somebody, so there was nobody there, but it felt like you were bumping somebody with the door. Oh yeah.
4: You know, when you open the door and you hit somebody, you know what that feels like. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it felt like, but there was nothing there. i moved it back and forth. I looked, there was nothing that moved out of the way. It was a bonk. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah.
3: They've also got two giant mirrors facing each other right in that room, Becky. You would not approve.
4: <laughs> I just did that the other day. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, so that's not a long-term thing. Oh, got it. No,
4: no, the mirrors are actually temporary. They were doing some remodeling or repair somewhere, and they just were putting them there temporarily. So I thought, why not? Why not open a portal? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's already haunted. I, what How so many people jump at the chance to sit between them and take pictures? Right. Oh, I, I started collecting the pictures, and I put them all on a blog on Facebook. It's just it's fascinating. Now I'm an admin for the group there. And then I start doing the Basin. So I do that one as well online on Facebook and Instagram. Try to keep all the latest posted so people can follow what's happening. I look at this as an ongoing investigation here. We're putting together the pieces of the mystery puzzle of the hauntings. Because we really don't know who any of these hauntings are here in the Basin Park. That's interesting. Hmm. That was why I was
2: asking if there were any deaths or anything. I know that you have names for some of the ghosts. I think like Elizabeth is one of the little girls and things like that. But... You don't actually have any historical records of any of these people that you see and why they might be there?
4: No, not really. No doubt there was a lot of death here and most likely more in the Perry House before this one. Perry House burned in 1890, but there's not any backstories on any of these people. These hauntings are, for the most part, unknown as individuals that were here. We don't have the whole story. The one thing I've been trying to figure out is if there's a hanging that happened in the Perry House or here. It would be most likely the Perry House because we've had some things happen that kind of relate to a hanging, you know. Like what? Well, I got one image, an SLS image of a figure and then another woman in the same spot. And one of the investigators that I did it here with had a big mark on his neck after he felt choked and it, like a rope it titled, it's like a rope burn yeah whoa my goodness he said it was pressure and choking he said it felt like someone grabbed his neck though so it's hard to say exactly and where that happened was different than the where the other pictures happened. but there were two pictures in the same spot in that room where i start my tour sounds like you're onto something there <laughs> that's what i'm saying is it's a bit of an investigation and mystery to solve We just don't have a lot of information to go with, and research is limited.
2: Now, the Crescent, I know, has a very sordid history, I suppose, with the hospital that was there for a while and the morgue that was in the basement. Do you have a little bit more information about some of the ghosts that are there at the Crescent, or is it still just as murky?
4: There's a lot of unknowns over there, too, but on our tour, we basically tell the story of a handful that we did know a little more about, like who they were and their death and time frame of their death. There's a little boy we know died in 1917. There's a young man that was 17 who died during the construction back in 1884 or 5, and a woman who worked for Norman Baker. Norman Baker, he's the guy that had the hospital there. So tell us about the hospital. A lot of our listeners may not know the history of the Crescent. The Crescent was built in 1886 as a fancy, expensive hotel for the rich. They spent $300,000 on it in 1884. That was a huge amount of money back then. It was a college after that, but the Great Depression, it all shut down. And then this guy showed up in 1937, turning it into a cancer treatment hospital. And it was his third one. He was a charlatan, not a doctor. He was telling everyone on the radio that he had the cure for cancer. He offered a guarantee, said he cured everybody. He was just a liar. And he lured people in. He took only cash. And he lost a few. (laughs) There's, There's different theories on what was going on exactly and what actually happened. Nobody really knows a lot of the factual facts because he burned every record before he went away to jail. But a lot of people died in his hospital. We don't know how many. We think most of them died in the area that he called the pain asylum where he put people when they were crying in too much pain. And uh, we believe someone had tested his formula that he was injecting people with and they found carbolic acid in the formula they tested or in the sample they tested. But what we know about his formula was that it was a concoction he had found on a vaudeville traveling show and it had ground watermelon seeds red clover and corn silk mm-hmm. so he was also known to go around and check on patients and send them home and get rid of them before they died in his hospital because he claimed to cure everyone mm-hmm. So nobody knows how many were treated what they were paying exactly and how many he sent home before they died or how many died we just don't have those facts but we know all that was there and we believe they were burning some of the bodies in the incinerator, but we don't have any factual proof. <laughs>
3: the strange collection of bottles of formula and tumors that they had purportedly removed from the patients were only just discovered in like 2019, right?
4: Yeah, February of 2019, right before the ghost adventure guys came. And they let them see them before they even showed us. Oh, wow. <laughs> They kept it hush-hush. They had to for a while because they didn't want people talking about it until they'd figured out how they were going to deliver it and what to do with it. At first, they, they didn't know who to call. They called the police, and then they called the university. They didn't know if it was a crime scene or a, a gravesite. They didn't know what to call it and how to deal with it at 1st Mm. yeah he had a strange collection of organs in jars on the shelves but we didn't know how big it was until we actually found the real deal and there was over 200 bottles and not all of them had organs in them some were medicinal and some we don't know what they are they're just i mean they were down there for 70 years in the backyard and they're just gross <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's pretty disgusting <laughs> no wonder that place is haunted It really did add to all the intrigue and the mystery when we found those bottles. There's a whole new surge of interest in it. That's got to be really exciting, though, for tourism, too.
2: It is, yeah. So have you encountered anything
4: at the Crescent yourself? I know that you mentioned the things that you had at the Basin Park. I've seen a couple of peripheral movements and vague, shadowy images. That's something. Yeah, but it's not enough. One night, though, I had a little girl with me on the tour there, and there's all these children in this one area. And that girl's like, oh, did you see that? And a kid had run in front of her, and I vaguely did. I saw just a little, it's hard to describe, it's like heat on a pavement kind of blur or distortion. I'm trying to tune into that more and more, and you can, like... You have to go into like an almost a meditative state or a daydreaming state. Like when you're staring off and you have to slap yourself to stop staring. If you force that state and then you just allow it. <laughs> but it's hard to do that when I'm on tour because I'm focused on. <laughs> right, right. You've got to do your, you
0: know, your job. getting yeah. the
4: story, yeah. Just the other night, a man got a picture in that same spot of a kid. And I think <gasps> it was probably the same one. He might make the same route He looked like he was walking in the picture, and it looks like a boy. So I think it's fascinating. There's all these children, and I have several pictures of them.
2: Ooh, I just got chills. So how old would you say this boy was, maybe seven or eight?
4: Could be five or six. I I didn't get a really good look at it. Mm -hmm. He had it on his phone. I said, oh, my gosh, you've got a kid there, and he didn't even see what he had. I'm so tuned into looking at these pictures now. People miss a lot in their pictures. I've got one that a lady found nothing. She sent me, she said, is this paranormal? And I looked and I'm like, no, but I found eight ghosts in your picture. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them were right in my arms with me, on me. I have a bunch oh. of pictures like that of ghosts on me, around me, with me. I don't see them. I don't always feel them. But if you guys want to see my page, I put all of them on there. It's called Ghost Tour Log. Okay. And that's on Facebook? Facebook. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I started that several years ago. I started putting the basin on there, too, because I was doing both. But then I realized I don't need to mix them up like that. I keep it Crescent mostly. And then I do the basin park separate. And it's called the Basin Park Hotel Ghost Tour. We're going to link to that from our website. So it's there whenever you are listening to this episode. And
5: in the future, it will be there still.
4: I don't self-promote that, actually. I just do that because I want to collect the pictures from my tours. And that's what I tell the people. I said, I have the perspective of being there and in the pictures a lot of the time. So that's why I want copies from my tours. Because I think it's interesting, too, that the ghosts seem to know me now. And those kids, especially, they like to be around me. I've had a couple of them follow me home, too. Oh? Oh, yeah. My daughter saw one of them one night, and another time I had one waking me up. Okay, describe
2: both of those instances for us. So what happened with your daughter?
4: Yeah, she's got a little sensitivity, and she can see them sometimes. We were just sitting talking, and she got all teared up, and she said, Mom, one of those kids followed you home, and it's such a beautiful blue color. It's just beautiful. And I said, well, tell it to go back to the hotel. <laughs> anyway, it was emotional to her, actually, because it was so pretty. And it was just yeah. a beautiful blue color of a child. And then the other one, though, I was at home. I was asleep in my bed. And I woke up. It was really early morning hours before light. I heard my name. And then I went back to sleep. And then I woke up again. I think the sun had just coming up barely. But I heard... Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> it was a little girl, I think. And then one night I had a vision of a man. He didn't seem all that friendly. And it was an again, it was one of those I was in my own bed. I was not quite asleep, not quite awake. You know, when you're in that somnolent state, in between state, that's mm-hmm. when paranormal can get through. But I don't know about this man. It kind of freaked me out actually. I just saw some man and he was like coming up my back steps. I thought I saw it in my mind though, not in my yeah. with my eyes. But I did get up to go look out there. And of course there was nothing there. Was it my mind just going wild? Was it a premonition? Was it an actual sighting in my psychic ability or what was I seeing? Cuz this man looked kind of scary. And I don't know. I never got any good answers. I still don't know why I saw that creepy and i don't know who he might have been i have no clue if he came from the hotels i don't know who he is that's super creepy it is yeah i hope he never comes back yeah he doesn't sound like a nice guy
2: would you say that all of eureka springs is haunted or is it just those two hotels
4: yeah the whole town i've always heard that it's got a lot of energy and a lot of the homes have hauntings and hotels, yes. When I first moved here, I worked at the New Orleans Hotel, which is up the street from here in the corner. And it had a haunting or two. I worked the front desk and I had people telling me, very sane, intelligent people telling me, you know, hey, we we saw something. We know we're not crazy and uh, we're pretty level-headed people that would mention these things. You said it's an energetic town.
2: I know a little bit about the history of Eureka Springs, about the the Healing Springs. Why do you think it is that the area is so haunted? Was it just because of so much disease that happened and people were coming here that may have been sick? Or is it something with the Ozarks
4: themselves and the energy of the mountains? What's your theory? I think that it's a combination of all of those theories. The natives believed it was a very special place and they knew things we didn't about energetic powers that be, I guess. This water was known by the Osage to be healing waters, and that's where the legend started. And then all these other people did come here, and a lot of them died here. This little town has had a lot of death that contributes probably to some of the hauntings. But other than that, there's theories about the limestone rock, that it holds energies. And this is all limestone here. And then the water may have certain minerals to it. And that combined with the limestone holds the energies and allows them to travel. There's something really interesting that I've noted that some of the ghosts from the Crescent and the Basin seem to travel around town. In fact, my daughter's not going to like me telling you all this story. <laughs> she's she kind of shut it down lately, but she has a little psychic ability. You know, she saw the little girl. But the weirdest thing one time, she texted me and I was on vacation down in Florida in February on a boat, and she says, Mom, your ghosts are over here looking for you. <gasps> and I'm like, Tell me more. And she's texting me all this. And she said, Well, there's like a family unit. And it was a very tall man, a younger man that had a beard and a hat, and he wanted a whiskey and a cigar. <laughs> and there was a very sad woman and three little children. Well, to me, it sounded like a combination of the ghosts from both my hotels. Now, is that not weird? (laughs) That is weird. Anyway, she told me she had to tell the sad lady to leave because she was bringing her down so much, making her sad. And that lady does that to people in the morgue at the Crescent. But she also does it to the people on the top floor of the Basin Park here. Same lady. I don't know if it's the same lady. I've had people in the Basin Park telling me she fell and lost her baby. There's a theory about that over at the Crescent, too. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the same ghost. It seems like sometimes the stories are too similar. Anyway, (laughs) she said those kids, they were restless and they were asking, where's mother? And she said, she asked them, you mean my mother? And they didn't respond. And then she said, you mean mother from the hotel? And they got all excited. (gasps) So they were looking for me at her house, which was like two blocks from the Crescent, not in either one of the hotels.
2: Hmm.
4: but how did they know she was my daughter
3: oh because they followed you
4: there
2: yeah may not be the first time they followed you home
4: (laughs) I think that's one of the wildest stories I did write about that I believe in my blog she told me she sent the sad lady away and the children were restless so she put the cartoons on tv for them (laughs) And then she told me, remember that doll you bought me, Mom, at that museum? You asked me why I wanted it. It was some old porcelain doll. It was really ugly and ratty. And I said, vaguely. And she told me, well, a couple of years ago, she said she fixed her hair and bought her a new dress, and she was a lot happier. And I'm like, okay. She said, well, the spirit in that doll came out to play with these kids. (laughs) Oh. (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, yeah,
4: I'm kind of getting to where I don't get too surprised anymore at anything <laughs> I hear because <laughs> it's all just so unusual. I've only had one, though, that almost made me quit. It seriously made me question why I'm working there and what I'm doing. And I had someone who had seen this one before warn me about him and called him a demon and told me I shouldn't be working there. But I'm still there. <laughs> I have pictures of this one. In the lobby of the hotel at the Crescent, actually. It's just creepy looking, like seven feet tall. And it looks like it has a beak and teeth. (gasps) Oh,
2: so you've seen it in the photo and you felt it.
4: I saw it in the photo. And in fact, there were three photographs and they're all three different. And there's only one where you can actually almost tell it's me. And then the second one, it looks like I'm wearing a totally different hat. I mean, it totally changed what I look like. And then the third one was this thing behind me and it made me kind of disappear and I didn't feel it the night the picture showed up but about two nights later I did I felt something whatever that is I don't know that it's a demon but it's creepy (laughs) yeah doesn't sound human and there's something very tall there and lots of people have seen it but not very well nobody gets a good look
2: at it you say it almost made you quit is it because you saw the photos or was it draining you
4: neither really i i don't know i just wonder what they could do and what i'm doing to myself in the long term i know my energy's been drained but what's it doing to my health also there's another ghost there at the crescent that gets into people and makes them sick and that happened to me one night too i think it's one of the cancer patients from baker's hospital but we've had a lot of people hit with it on the tours and otherwise guests in the hotel And they don't know what's wrong with them. And they're just feeling bad for like an hour. Well, at least it's not permanent. A lot of people end up on the floor and it's not very pleasant. I was in the middle of a tour one night and I had to text somebody to finish it for me because I felt so bad. I've had to do more protective stuff myself. I've got pictures of those spirits all around me. They're in my energy field and they were taking it for quite a while. There was a couple of years where just really struggled with my energy. And I've been doing more protective visualizing. And I put a big energy bubble around myself. I carry stones in my pockets and saging and stuff like that and say prayers. I have to keep them away. Do you think that the protections that you do are enough? That they are helpful. Yeah, I do feel like I know what to do if I just remember to do it. I also do a little dump every night when I leave. I just tell them they have to stay. Nobody comes with me. Mm -hmm. And I do a little physical with my hands, pushing them away. And this one lady taught me an Aramaic prayer that calls in the Holy Ghost to run off all the other ghosts. I say that quite a bit walking around that hotel. (laughs) How
3: long did it take for that not to feel silly?
4: Not long at all, really. In fact, one night, I think I felt that one trying to get me again. And I said that three times or four times. I just kept saying it and I felt better. It started vaguely and it went away. So I think it works. Can you teach us the prayer? Yeah, it's real simple and you can find it online. It's Kadosh, 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 Adonai Sabayot. Okay. I don't remember the translation exactly, but it's Aramaic. It's like the old language. Old, you know? old. Yeah.
3: Aside from the seven-foot demon, what do you think is the scariest experience anybody's had at either of these locations?
4: You know, everybody wants to be scared, but then when they really are, it's really scary. There's just been a lot of hauntings there. I can't say that there's evil there, though. In fact, the other investigators that I've talked to, some that have been at it for a long time, they assure me, oh, there's no evil there. There's no demons. If there were demons and evil, you would know it. Hmm. Nobody could be there. It would be dangerous. It would be hard to run a successful hotel business
3: there.
5: Yeah, Yeah.
4: Nobody feels like we really have evil there. That tall thing, I mean, I don't know what it was. Everybody that looks at it says, is that a Grim Reaper? (laughs) That's kind of creepy about it. That did make me question my sanity in working there. Because I really don't know what it is, but it's there. It's definitely there in the picture. If somebody's
3: going to one of these hotels and they want to specifically request to stay in a haunted room, are there any that you would advise that they ask for?
4: At the Basin Park, when I try to get a room, I usually ask for 310 because we have John Chisholm, the cowboy, and a little girl. I'm trying to figure out who she is. Either that or 308. I've heard about a woman in there as well as people feeling touched. The Cowboys, that's both in the same area, the Cowboys. Tonight, I've got 412, where I heard from a mother and her son that stayed in here. He had left some cards out, and he told me he put them in a certain way. He said, if anybody messes with my cards, I'll know. And, well, I saw them leaving that night because when they opened their door, they said the cards were all over the room. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
4: and i've heard about a kid over here so i'm gonna go pick up a game camera and see if i can't catch some action here tonight oh fun oh let cool. us know yeah cool. we'll link to that when you do 5 14 and 15 also a cowboy's been seen in there recently and we got a picture of him in the hallway and a shadow figure so those are some of the more active areas 408 and 403 we have mr the ladies man he does favors for women over here. He starts out rubbing their feet. And if you sit long enough, you find out how far he'll go.
2: <laughs>
4: I
3: love that story. I asked that night. I said, if anybody wants to give me a foot massage, I'm right here. Here are my feet. Nobody took me up on it, living or dead.
4: <laughs> then we have the angry guy in the basement. He doesn't like women. Oh, And he doesn't like the skeptics either. Well, Diane, this has been
2: so wonderful to talk to you and get to meet you. Diana was telling me all about her chats with you when she was staying at the hotel. So it's really nice to actually get to see you and talk to you and hear your stories. You've had a lot of really interesting things happen to you and to the people on your tour. And I suspect you're going to have a lot more happen before the Crescent and the Basin Park Hotel are done with you.
4: (laughs) Well, I'm having fun and it's all very (laughs) unusual and it keeps me coming back because who knows what's going to happen next. Tell us one more time what your Facebook pages are so people can check those out and see these photos. My personal one is Ghost Tour Log for my tours at the Crescent. And then I'm an admin for the Crescent Hotel Ghost Tour group. Those are both on Facebook. And then I also admin the page called the Basin Park Hotel Ghost Tour. And we'll make sure that those are linked in our show notes so people
2: can go take a look at some of those photos that you've mentioned. Thank you so much. Yeah, this has been you. really fun to talk to you. Thank you. It's fun. I enjoy it. Listeners, if you've stayed
3: at the Haunted Basin Park Hotel or the Haunted Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, or apparently anywhere in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, <laughs> please let us know about your experiences
5: and if you had a spooky day. Homespun Haints is hosted
2: by Becky Kilimnick and Diana Doty, and produced by Homespun Haints Media LLC. Editing and music by Becky Kilimnick. Show notes by Diana Doty. If you have a ghost story and you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, please visit our website at homespunhaints.com slash submit.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day
2: Exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. So thirsty. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond his threshold?
5: On September 24th, 2023 we will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open this sealed passageway slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge and we want you to be there with us virtually of course this may be dangerous we don't have liability insurance oh my eye!
2: but what will we find is this passageway a sealed tomb a hideaway for treasure a portal into another dimension
5: Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. Visit homespunhaints.com basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's, Diana's Basement.
2: <laughs> Visit homespunhaints.com basement.